Welcome to Questions from the Pew. This is actually part two of a conversation that Reichert and I had on healthcare technology. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, feel free to go back and listen to that before you jump into this episode. So enjoy the show. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. This is, I'm sorry, I'm just like circling back all the time to like the intervention is where it sure. gets rough, right? Because progress in terms of making human life better, I think generally it can agree upon. Like if we are ridding the world of disease, great. If we are yeah, prolonging great. life in a way that, um, yeah, if we are able to prolong life or have the ability to do that, great. But when it comes to, um, yeah, intervening where naturally a life, you know, would end or begin or whatever, the intervention yeah. is where it gets complicated. Uh, sure. But even then, <laughs> sorry, but even then, I guess intervention in terms of that, like, I'm going to go back to the human, like prolonged human life kind of conversation. Yeah. Even that idea of what a human, like the, the natural span of a human life, even that I f- is is limited by the technology and the time that. So I guess I don't know. It's it's all connected. I guess I don't know. Sure. I'm just thinking. Or about wait, that. what do you mean? It's uh, it's like limited by technology. So the span like of a human. the reason w- why we think that human life is, you know, usually spans this number of years is because oh, sure. of the technology and uh, the understanding of disease and sure. you know germ theory those things but the, the yeah if you're in the middle ages and, in europe you're just happy if you get to 30 or whatever <laughs> right right so the more we develop these technologies and get a grasp of how the human body works then naturally the the what we would see or term an, a natural lifespan wouldn't that right. naturally widen or, yeah, or lengthen sure. i guess yeah. Well, and even, I mean, it kind of goes beyond even like healthcare in the sense of like, you know, technology and surgeries or whatever, but like, even like how, like what we think about food, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like we have like nutritionists who are helping us, you know, eat better or whatever. And, and which then makes us stay alive longer. You know, my great, 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 great grandparents were just eating potatoes or whatever. <laughs> so it's, it's not the most nutritious, you know, diet in the world. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. It's like, well, I guess the, at least the end of life stuff, it's like, I guess it's like what quality of life is worth like extending and like, so a person in a vegetable state, right? It's like, 
Like, is that, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult question because I guess like, you know, the Christian in me or whatever wants to be like, all life is, you know, sacred human life, probably at the top of that list. And then, you know, all down from there. But then it's like, you know, a human who's just on a, you know, on a bed, not doing anything and their heart's pumping because we're artificially making it pump. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> yeah. So it goes back to the question of what, how we understand um, what living means, right? Is it, is yeah. it a heartbeat? Is it, is it, and the blurring of the boundaries, whether it's at the beginning of life or the end of life, like, mm-hmm. like, cause back in the day, it's like the beginning of life, you know, is when I'm, whenever the, you know, the woman starts to figure out that she's pregnant, it's like, Oh, something's about to happen. And then it gets born and there it is. Woohoo. And then they live their life and maybe they die of a disease Maybe they're lucky enough to grow and just, you know, die of old age. And then it's, that's when life is done, you know. But now it's like we have these technologies to go and look and see, like, the cellu- at the cellular level, like, when life begins, you know what I mean? Or, like, the, those early stages. And then it's like, okay, so if we're, like, when are we going to say life begins? And then at the end of the spectrum, you know, the, the brain might shut down, but the, some of the organs are working, the heart's pumping. It's like, is that, is life now extinguished or is it still there? You know, it's hard to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that we can observe things we've never been able to observe before, we're having trouble drawing the lines that were like, you know, they were just easily drawn lines back when we couldn't see what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we can go to our next question here. Question number two. What new ethical questions are raised as a result of the advancement of medical technology? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I was kind of talking about this a little bit in the sense of the more the more we can observe life's beginning and life's end, you know, it it right. raises ethical questions on, you know, what what or when, you know, when is the line drawn for when life begins and ends? And then, like, you know, what's the protocol for extending life that maybe some disagree isn't life, you know, whether, yeah, like I said, it's at the beginning or end. I mean, so that's one big one. Yeah. Yeah, for me, yeah, I'm just, I guess, stepping back and broadening broadening this out. And I asked the same question with our artificial intelligence episode. Um, but, like, can our ethics keep up with the development of new technologies with this, mm. you know, quote-unquote advancement? Um, cause it needs to, um, to, cause otherwise it's like a, like a runaway train and sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't yeah. Keep up, it'll be like trying to stop it. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely away. our society is like, I'm thinking specifically of old people, like just as a society, we kind of worship what's young and new mm-hmm. and exciting. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, whereas in, you know, maybe days past or another, cultures like old people are venerated and are like you know uh like a integral part of the community yeah. i feel like a lot of people and like it's a very western thing though yeah well we just like we send old people off to you know uh nursing homes or whatever um 
and yeah, I, I just think we've lost, like there's something that we lose when, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that people would say that old people's life, you know, has less value, but I think by our actions as a society, we kind of believe that, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause we just kind of yeah. shove them off to the side and then it's like, yeah. you know, what everybody really cares about is right. like the new young thing or whatever. Yeah. No, you've got a good point there, right? And I, like I said, I think it's a very Western, um, I mean, I guess I'll say it, Western problem. Um, yeah. Where, yeah, there is this focus on, on the on the young and even with the advancement of life-prolonging technologies, right, if that's the case, um, then we have to ask, about the like the right treatment of the elderly sure because for years my mom's a nurse and for years she worked in nursing homes Mm -hmm. um and she would come home with stories of just these elderly who are you know who aren't able to live at home with you know because of you know family circumstance or whatever and they need to be under constant medical um observation yeah. sure um but man their quality of life was at such a low state yeah um that like is that, that, that that's an that's where like the ethics comes in right because we've got these technologies to keep people alive sure but is that is that experience of life in and out yeah. the point is that the end all yeah. be all or is there there's got to be something more and mind you we come from an Eastern, you know, perspective, right? And so sure. that could also be coloring it. So there's that kind of cultural dynamic there. But yeah. um, but I think the, yeah, I think if all these advances are happening in the West, then there's a big problem when the, um, the, you use the word veneration, but at least the valuing of the elderly doesn't, you know, that's so prominent in the East that doesn't catch up um, to these, uh, what I I think, I could be wrong, but what what it seems to be like very Western um, advances or advances that are concentrated in the Western world, I'll put it that way. Yeah, it seems like modern Western, because I feel like, or I don't know this as fact, but I don't know, I think historically Western like civilizations have also like honored the elderly so i I don't know it might be a more new development over here but either way i mean there's the ethics of distribution and development right Sure. So, um, I forgot when the date was, but like with pharmaceutical companies, Mm. um, yeah, like with the advancements in pharmaceutics, great. They're able to, you know, deal with diseases in in new ways. Right. But we're all, we're all, man, I wonder if I can look that up. But there was a time, I think, when pharmaceutical companies could not market to consumers yeah but then there was uh i forgot when it was but that was made legal and so that's when you get the 
this huge, you know, this uptick in pharmaceutical commercials. Yeah, and now right. you've got like two or three commercials all in a row for, you know, or plaque psoriasis or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. And then, and well, so I like, just saw that, a recent that's a, that's a one. Yeah, no, I, I well, I just saw a recent commercial. I forget what I forget what the treatment was for, but it was uh, like it was just like a medicine, you know. Uh, and like at the end of the commercial, they went through the whole thing and they're like, make sure you specifically ask for, you know, this medicine from your diet. And it's like, cause mm -hmm. clearly there's like other ones or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Well, the interesting thing is, uh, Ruth, my wife is Canadian and she always loves to, uh, you know, praise anything Canadian, uh, which I'm with, but Frederick Banting, who, I think became a sir after this, but he discovered insulin like in Ontario, I think in Toronto. Um, and then like he, he felt like so strongly that nobody should be like making a profit off this, that he just like, like he, uh, I forget, basically he just made the patent. Like it's like, it's now mm -hmm. free. It's everybody's info. You know what I mean? Like anybody, mm -hmm. like I'm not selling this. Nobody's going to make a profit off of people like, you know, needing insulin. But then now, like, fast forward, and in the United States, people are paying, like, ridiculous amounts of money for insulin, <laughs> like, just to mm -hmm. keep themselves alive. So it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, to your point, I mean, before that invention, we just didn't have the ability to help people. But now that we do, of you know, isn't it like humans to just leverage that for personal profit and gain? <laughs> mm -hmm. Which is sad. So, I mean, that's another thing. Yeah, I... I wonder when the you made me think of like like the profession of like the medical profession of particularly you know a doctor um, yeah you you get a lot of people wanting to go into the medical field specifically becoming you know wanting to become doctors certainly because they want to help people um, sure and and whatnot but I feel like a lot of people that I've known or the stories that I've heard they go in it because they know that the their paycheck is going to come with it. Uh, sure. A good yep. paycheck is going to come with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm thinking now, like, I wonder when that shift happened, right? Because obviously there's going to be a demand. Uh, yes. Thinking economically, supply and demand, there's going to yeah. be a demand for what doctors can supply. That makes sense. Right. But for that to... Um, I wonder when that became like the the big factor the primary motivator that, yeah and that changed even like the salaries of doctors i'd love to see yeah i'm sure it's out there and i'm sure someone has done a study i just haven't seen it but i'd love to sure. see like year by year what the average salary was for physicians and totally when it became um uh a reasonable not a reasonable but a um a, desi a desirable profession financially not just you know ethically yeah, yeah, yeah or morally whatever sure yeah no it's a good question i mean i'd rather have somebody you know giving me care or operating on me who like feels like this is what they're like supposed to do or want to do rather than somebody who's just there to you know collect mm -hmm. a big paycheck <laughs> mm -hmm. i've talked about that it's like it's a little bit scary that that's like that a lot of these like a lot of doctors, like that's what they're in it for, which I'm not saying that they're doing it like bad or poorly or anything because that's their motivation, but I don't know. Yeah. And certainly yeah, it's, it's not a generalization of the medical field or, or yeah, doctors sure. in general, but, but 
it's unavoidable. Like, yeah, right. Uh, I feel like everyone knows that <laughs> there are certain people who you know who that is what their um, main goal is in in yeah being in that profession. Yeah. No, it is the other the other thing oh, for me too, um, in terms of like the idea of just because we can doesn't mean does that mean we should in terms of the medical advances? Like, does that limit, like, does that line of reasoning limit advancement? Does that line of reasoning limit like actual good advancement, I guess, in, sure. um, in technology? Yeah, I guess that's my, I mean, that's my point in saying that I don't think like the play God line, like we shouldn't play God or just because we can doesn't mean we should. I don't think that in its own, like that on its own makes any sense to stop doing anything. What I think what that, you know, phrase is trying to get at is like, we need to consider the like lateral consequences of, you know, what we're doing. And then if we just like decide that the lateral consequences of what we're doing isn't worth, you know, the research or whatever we're developing, then that's when we need to stop. But like the we shouldn't play God just because we shouldn't play God. I mean, I, I just don't to me, that's not a good, you know, argument. But it's like, yeah, we shouldn't develop this medicine if we have to kill. I don't know. I, I'm horrible at thinking of an example. But, you know, if we have to kill 300 people to get a thing, it's like, I don't know. As Captain America said, we don't trade lives, Vision. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, one one like last. I don't know. Did you have any more to say than that? Like say on that. Sorry. No, those were the yeah. Those are the main things. Yeah. Go for it. Well, just one last thing that I think is like is related is like uh, I mean specifically in America, it's like the racial inequality of healthcare, uh, and I don't mean like access necessarily, although I think that is also a problem. But like uh, like for in instance, the like uh, like mortality of of mothers in childbirth for like women of color is way higher than uh like white women um and like people activists will point to the fact that like uh like sometimes white doctors can think that like black and brown women can take more pain than than like white women or whatever uh, i mean so that's like another thing is it's not necessarily the advancement but it's the people practicing like with the advances can sometimes be biased and then that can lead to you know like ethical problems and inequality so i mean that's a that's another thing where not just the development of the technology but the use of the technology by you know biased vessels can lead to some issues as well fair i think it'll it, as these technologies progress and as you know different practitioners are able to to access and then utilize them um one question i think that will continually come up is how um 
how intertwined um, these are, right? So like, um, I'm going to take the pharmaceuticals again as a medical technology. Like yeah. that's going to be tied to um, to marketing and distribution and the ethics of, of that, you know, sure. of that particular silo or that particular field. Um, and I think that question of how, like, are we as siloed as we think we are or how, how interconnected to these other things are we um, also needs to be at the forefront because you're right. The, it, it might not have, I mean, we've talked about this like in other parts of the episode, but um, it might not have direct or immediate consequences or implications, I guess. Um, sure. But it, it usually, this kind of thing affects other people um, at, at a certain level, whether we, whether it's, ex, you know, it's obvious or, or explicit or not. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just keeping those, like, maybe unattended, unintended consequences, like just keeping those in mind as we try to make advancements. And then, yeah, as you said, like, can the humanities keep up with, with the technology and, and give people a, you know, renewed sense of the sanctity of life? And I mean, as Christians, you know, God's, you know, care for, I mean, I think you could place like, you know, pe people who are sick or ill, like into the category of vulnerable people. Um, yeah, anyway, so. Well, I know that was a kind of a can be a sensitive topic, so um, yeah. definitely didn't come up with any um, groundbreaking whatever statements or positions, but yeah, uh, I think it was an important conversation to have. Agreed. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time.